It is time to get going. And I suspect you know how that feels. It's that time we don't have the option of putting something off any longer. It's that time after you've graduated and it's time to move on to the next chapter of that great adventure which is your life as you move to a new school or a new city to start a new job. It's that time when you have to focus and turn away from the distractions that would keep you from moving towards what lies ahead. It's time to follow the future. Now Jesus means business. There's not really any way to get around that because we've heard this harsh truth presented to us from Luke's gospel this day. Jesus is on a mission and it's time for him to get going. This marks a turning point on his life on earth as he sets his face to journey up to that great city of Jerusalem because from here on out he is about to head to that destiny that his father has set before him. And it's not going to be an easy journey. There's no simple task for Jesus to accomplish. People are going to reject him. Even some of those who have sat at his feet learning from him, journeying with him along the way. And before it's all done, he's going to be abandoned by everyone. But after hearing Jesus today, none of them could say that he never told them that following him wouldn't be a tough road. Now you are here to follow Jesus, even if you might not know it yet. Jesus is speaking his word to you today. He is calling you to follow him, to be his disciple. That's what discipleship is to follow Jesus, being shaped by him, becoming better and better equipped to be about that life that God has called you to, to be the person that God has called you to be, living in restored relationships, living in the life that he has set before you, to know the love of your creator, to be an agent of his grace with the world around you, carrying that gift out into the world. And so, as he sets his face towards Jerusalem today. What do Jesus' words, what do his actions tell us about discipleship? About what following him might look like in this time, in this place? So let's look first to that Samaritan village. The people there didn't welcome a prophet who had his face set to Jerusalem. They had a long history of mistrust and odds with the Jewish people. So the Samaritans didn't welcome anyone who would come into their village who was then going on to Jerusalem because they did not agree that Jerusalem was the place to worship God. But by turning away the messengers, the people of the Samaritan village would not be able to receive their master who followed them. To follow Jesus... You must receive his messengers and listen to them. Now, I don't suppose that comes as a surprise for any of you who are gathered here. At some point, you have listened to one or many of Jesus' messengers, those bearing that message of grace. But another part of discipleship is taking what you've heard, that which you've listened to, 
and then going out and sharing it with someone who needs to hear the good news of a Savior, God's Son, who has come to gather us together, the one who has come and who knows us each by name. As God's people in response to God's work, that's what we're doing in this week ahead. As we gather for Vacation Bible School, you see some of the decorations here as we gather for our storytelling time in the chapel, as you go through the narthex, as the entry space, go into the fellowship hall. This entire facility will be used in the week ahead to welcome in members of our community. Most of these children who gather for Vacation Bible School aren't even from our congregation, but they will all come to hear that Jesus knows them by name that he is the one who is their friend. He is the one who has come to save them. And this year, Barnyard Roundup, with all of our teachers and staff, with all of you who have helped to make this possible, we are going to be instruments together through whom the Holy Spirit is working to share God's love to these children. But discipleship isn't just about telling. It's not even mostly about telling. And that's something that Jesus' disciples James and John would have done well to remember. They were so angered at the Samaritans' rejection of Jesus that they wanted to call in a divine airstrike on that village. But that isn't what Jesus would have done. And so he sets them straight. In those few times that we hear Jesus rebuking his disciples, it is almost always because they are not actually following him. They have their own understanding of what's acceptable, independent of what Jesus has been teaching them. Rain down fire on a village? Wipe it off the face of the earth? Sure, sounds like an effective strategy. But that's not what Jesus came to do nor is it what he would have his people do. To follow Jesus, you must be aligned with him. As Christ's people today, we are surrounded by countless voices, by would-be authorities who have their own understandings of what's acceptable, independent from God's instruction. However, that doesn't mean you should hate them. That doesn't mean that you should yell back at them. That doesn't mean that you should apply force as some kind of punishment. Being aligned with Jesus means looking at others as Jesus does. He calls us to deal lovingly with those who disagree with us, with those who reject us, even as he did all the way to the cross. You and I would do well to listen and to live in St. Paul's words that we heard from Galatians this morning. Through love, serve one another and love your neighbor as yourself. Discipleship isn't usually convenient. Now look at Jesus' interactions with those men that he encountered on the road as he journeyed. He makes the nature of discipleship pretty clear. The first man, one of those few who came to Jesus and was recorded as offering to follow him without Jesus having called him first, well, this guy should have gotten the picture right away. Jesus' mission is his priority. He's left behind hearth 
and home to go and do what needs to be done. He is leaving that area of Galilee in the north to go to Jerusalem to meet the destiny set before him. Should Jesus' disciples expect any differently? And look at the second man. He has obligations to fulfill. But as Jesus somewhat jarringly replies back to him, the mission of God's kingdom is of greater importance than even familial obligations or societal expectations. Discipleship shakes everything up. It follows Jesus first and foremost. And there's no time like the present to be about the work of discipleship. To follow Jesus, you must reject complacency and be willing to make unpopular, even difficult choices. Now you and I, we can make a whole laundry list of excuses as to why we could put off doing something that, well, we'd rather not do. Something that can wait till tomorrow or maybe the next day. And if that something is difficult, if that something is unpleasant, well, watch that laundry list grow and grow and grow. But following Jesus, though, isn't something that we can put off. And it's nothing that we have an excuse about because Jesus himself is the one who makes following him possible. While the culture around you might challenge those who follow Jesus, and while the world at large might reject following Jesus as something that is backwards or unnecessary, they aren't concerned about you. They aren't concerned about what is ultimately good for you. They don't care about you. But God does. And that's why he sent Jesus on his mission in the first place. To follow Jesus, you must look to Jesus. That might sound obvious. But consider that third man that Luke records in today's gospel reading. He's willing to follow. But, but first, let me go do this. He had family and friends that he needed to bid farewell to. He couldn't just leave. The exact nature of Jesus' reply to this man might get a little lost on you if you've never had to plow a field in the same way that they did back then. But the man who guided a plow as the animal pulled it along needed to be intently focused on his work guiding it along because if he looked off to the side, if he looked back at what was behind him, he would momentarily wind up with a crooked furrow. The person at the plow is called to intently focus. Discipleship means focusing on Jesus, staying on guard against a wandering heart and mind that would look another way, look back to life before Jesus. That's not an easy task, especially in a culture where distraction is the name of the game. But here's the thing, though. Jesus has already done everything that is needed so that you can follow him. You are free to follow Jesus. Last week, we heard of Jesus 
bringing freedom to a man who had been possessed by demons. And Jesus has set you free too. As we heard St. Paul write, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Jesus completed his journey to Jerusalem. He fulfilled the mission on which he was sent by his Father. That mission to restore humanity's relationship with our Creator. And you get to share in that victory. Discipleship is living in Jesus' victory over sin and death. And it changes everything. The Holy Spirit has brought you here today. Like he brought those three men that Jesus encountered along the way. And we don't know if those three men ended up following Jesus. Luke doesn't say. Did they go back to the life before? Did they go out as Jesus had called them? But what we do know, though, is that Jesus has called us to follow him. Jesus has called us to be his disciples. So let's follow him together. Amen.